What up, what up, what up? Hey, everybody, I hope you're doing well. Hey, I just want to let you know, I know everybody can't always support and donate uh, to the podcast, but hey, if you can do a one-time donation, I put up a buy me a coffee uh, link in this description of the podcast. So if you go to the description of the podcast, it'll be at the bottom, and you can just uh, go to that link and you buy me a cup of coffee, or two if you want. And uh, that would just help support the show, and uh, I can... I can wake up a little bit more and bring you more info so thanks for listening to the podcast if you can donate that would be much appreciated and let's get on to the show welcome back to lockdown universe home of the bizarre peculiar and unheard of stories of ufo legend and lore so today we can talk about our boy elon musk He just did a show on SNL, talked about Dogecoin, talked about sending people to Mars and to the moon and everywhere else. They even did a sketch about him sending someone to to Mars. And then their head exploded when they opened up their uh, helmet. It was a comedy sketch. Nonetheless, if you're a follower of Elon Musk and you like sci-fi and you like aliens and you're here, you got to be interested in his mission got to be interested in what he's accomplishing and what he's trying to do. Well, his goal is to send humans to Mars to colonize it, to visit. And he has a timeline. He he has a focus. They have a plan. They have people interested. They're paying for it already. They're prepaying their their flight positions. And... uh, it's very interesting because, you know, you can liken this to, like, the, the breakaway civilizations that Alex Jones and all these other uh, ufologists and conspiracy theorists talk about. Um, these breakaway civilizations, these very super, ultra, uber-rich that are breaking away from Earth and have been doing it since 1950s. Well, now it's becoming just public, right? So you got Elon talking about we're going to populate Mars, we're going to, you know, terraform it, we're going to... We're going to, uh, you know, make it habitable. We're going to make the atmosphere uh, livable. Um, and they've already found uh, water on Mars. And they've already found evidence of um, some oxygen and some leftover remnants of, of civilizations and things like that there. So um, so we know that it was habitable at one point. Uh, but right now it's not very habitable. Nonetheless, Elon has plans to get people to Mars and habit it. So, would you go to Mars? Would you hop on a plane, a spaceship, and go live there? Well, it's going to take a little bit more than just doing that, right? We're going to have to terraform it. We're going to have to make it habitable. We're going to have to build structures, living structures, domes. And uh, there was a NASA uh, competition where they had uh, students from MIT and uh, Stanford and all over the place, all, all different um, colleges competing in this dome uh, building co- uh, competition. This was years ago uh, because the plan was to have some sort of habit up there for humans to do studies, to live there for six months or whatever the case was. And I mean, you know, part of that idea kind of went into that movie, The Martian, where they had uh, Matt Damon living there for a while. Uh, on Mars, and uh, so this has been in the works, right? 
whether it's been on NASA's side or Elon's side, this has been in the works for quite a while. The question is, you know, how will this play into exopolitics? Because exopolitics is the politics of interplanetary um, interests, right? So you have politics on planet Earth, you have exopolitics out in the galaxy, right? Out in the solar system. So how will this play? You know, is it going to be, it's going to cause problems, you know, or at least some, some interest will become, you know, uh, possibly uh, compromised. So you might have alien interests that might be compromised by us trying to do this. You might have human interests compromised because we're trying to do this. Um, the aliens, you know, whichever alien species has been shooting down some of our military craft uh, and, and weaponry testing um, in the past decades already has the technology to do this. Um, we've had multiple military officials come out and say we've had UFOs come out laser blast our missiles out of the sky, laser blast our rockets out of the sky. Um, and so you have these species that can do this. And if they've already done that, and we have Elon Musk, who's supposed to be a, a, a private you know, company with SpaceX uh, going up there and doing his thing, and you got Jeff Bezos doing his thing, uh, it's going to be challenging, right? Either A... Musk and, and Bezos already have connections within NASA, and and they're already informed about an alien presence and an alien threat, and, and have gotten approval to go and do this, right? Because let's face it, the government isn't just going to let Musk go up there and do whatever he wants, right? The government's going to have their hands in it. they got their hands in everything. So they either give him approval or give him a warning. One way or another... Musk knows more than just we're going to go up there and we're not going to have any issues. We're not going to encounter any aliens. He has to know already that there's something up there because the government had to give him a forewarning. They had to. There's no way they could just let him go up there and, you know, free willy-nilly it and, you know, not warn him. I mean, that would just be inhuman. Now, has the government in the past been inhuman? Absolutely, right? We've got the Tunguska experiment and all kinds of other experiments. But nonetheless, um, you would hope that they would let him know something. So, hopefully, they gave him a heads up. So, given that, Musk must know something. Yet, he's still willing to go to Mars. So, what happens when they go to Mars... And you have these millionaires, billionaires, well, they're probably all billionaires, going up there and doing their little trips or whatever. And they've signed their non-disclosure agreements. And what's going to happen when they run into little green men, tall whites, reptilians, or any other alien species that we have yet to really discover and discuss? What's going to happen? You know, is it going to be a ship that comes down and just talks to them and says, hey, hey, welcome to Mars. Come over to our, uh, you know, uh, Mai Tai bar and have a drink. Or is it going to be, you know, hey, get the hell out of here like it happened up on the moon with, you know, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and uh, Michael Collins, right? They saw all these ships. They got this, this warning, basically, not to come back. And that's why we haven't been back for decades, on a manned mission anyway. 
So why is it all of a sudden now Mars is an option? Right? So this is going to be tricky. It's going to be very interesting. I think we're going to have some some disinformation, maybe disinformation, maybe information come out. Because once you start having private individuals going up there, even if they sign non-disclosure agreements, you know, they're going to tell their family members. They're going to tell their, their sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, something, right? They're going to say something. Whether it's, hey, this non-disclosure agreement had, if you see aliens in, up, up on Mars, don't talk about it. They'll either say that if they didn't see anything, or they're going to tell them there's more than just us out there once they start seeing, uh, you know, Red Martian or, uh, you know, the Martian Manhunter or whoever. They're going to say something. There's no way that people can keep quiet. And that's why we have all these government whistleblowers coming out. Because there's lots of people who are aware of what's happening. Lots of people who know what the government's done. What Lots of people who are... They can't keep their mouth shut anymore. They've seen too much. They want to let people know what's going on. And they want to spread the information before they die. You know, they want humans to know. They don't want to be the only ones that know. And I think that's brave. I think that's great. And I think it's important. And I think that uh, they're true Americans. True Americans. Regardless of whatever NDA they signed... They're true Americans because they're sharing information that should be shared. Freedom of speech, freedom of knowledge is the only way that we're going to be able to progress as a society. So that being said, Muskie sending up everybody to Mars. Will there be a colony? There will be eventually a colony there. There will be. There's no doubt. Now, will there be, how big will this colony get? Will it become another Earth? Will they be able to scientifically terraform this thing, even to become something similar to Earth, where they have oceans again, where they have, uh, you know, greenery again, grass, and, and are able to self-sustain again? I, it's totally possible, but I guess the question is, why hasn't another species yet done that? If it was possible, you would think they would have, yet they haven't. So either... They're aware that it's just a dead planet, these other species, or it's just not valuable enough for them to do it. So the real question is, you know, how long is a habitable uh, Mars going to last? And do we have the technology to really terraform it? And yes, Musk does have the boring company. If you haven't heard of The Boring Company, it's not just a um, an uninteresting company. It's called The Boring Company because they have boring machines that c- create tunnels underground, right? So Musk could bring boring machines up there, bore underneath the ground of Mars, and create a livable area underneath the surface. Now, according to some whistleblowers, there already are aliens underneath Mars in tunnels living uh, and having a society. So that is already a possibility. That's already apparently there. Now what happens if they don't know that, right? And they haven't been given the information. They just go up there and they start boring you know, tunnels and they just bore right into a, 
another society that's, you know, hundreds of miles wide and uh, they smash into their capital, their their whole boring <laughs> machine just smashes through the top surface right into their capital and um, they come out with uh, their spacecraft and their battlecraft and just annihilate a bunch of billionaires. That could be a problem, right? So that's why I believe that he has to know something. He has to have been given some information from the government that these societies are either up there, have been there in the past, and they were wiped out. Uh, you know, in that CIA document, you can look it up, Mars Exploration 1984, uh, done by none other than Joseph McMonagall, uh, remote viewer number one in the remote viewing project, uh, Project Stargate, Project Scan 8, Grill Flame, Center Lane, um, you know, talked about and wrote about, and you can look up that document on the CIA Reading Room. Just go to CIAreadingroom.gov, and um, you'll be able to uh, type in Mars Exploration 1984, and you'll know that there was a Mars civilization there uh, approximately one million years ago. They were wiped out due to a environmental uh, catastrophe, cataclysm. Uh, that's why it's the red planet now. Um, that's what was reported in that document. So whether it was you know, a war or an environmental disaster, I mean, that it was given, the information was given to Joseph McMonagall that it was an environmental disaster. Which I think is why so many aliens come down and say, you need to take care of Earth. Because they know that other civilizations have lost lost their planets due to uh, environmental disasters. So, you know, either way, Mars may or may not be habitable at all. I mean, obviously it hasn't been habitable or wasn't habitable one million years ago as the civilization lost the planet and lost their lives. Um so not to go off on a tangent but that could have been where the ark story of the bible came from because uh in that mars exploration uh just mcmonagall got information that they started going off planet that there was a portion of their civilization that left the planet looking for another habitable planet to live on now one million years ago Earth should have been completely habitable, right? I mean, 56 million years ago, or whatever the case was, uh, dinosaurs were here. So, uh, it should have been perfectly habitable one million years ago. Um, so, the story of the Ark, where multiple uh, animals were on the ship, uh, multiple beings were on the ship, could have been the Martian civilization breaking away trying to find another planet to habitate and landing on earth with their animals and uh, finding a place to live could we actually be Martian descendants it's possible wouldn't it be interesting if we were and now we're trying to go back <laughs> back to the planet we destroyed. That would be truly fascinating. I don't know as if that's the case. Because if that was the case, you would think we would have the memories of living there. 
you know, our descendants would have handed them down. Their technology would have been able to have been hand, handed down. Is it possible that we could have had some major destruction from our civilization and then been rebuilt somehow, uh, you know, biologically? I, it seems unlikely, right? So it's, it seems unlikely that we are Martian descendants, but um, it's possible. He did say, uh, Joseph McMonagall did say that the Martians you know, one million years ago were about seven foot to ten foot tall. Um, if they did come to Earth, Earth could have theoretically a different um, gravity and could have kind of shrunk us over a million years. Um, I mean, that's possible. But again, I, I don't think that's probably the case. I think it's less likely the case. But uh, it's an interesting theory to think about, um, just because McMonagall talked about them leaving the planet on these ships in search of a place to live, and why not Earth, the closest planet to Mars? I mean, it's totally the most logical explanation. Um, but yet, I just still don't believe it, because it, you know a lot of things just would have to line up for that to make sense, and it just doesn't seem like it makes sense. But I brought it up because it's interesting, and it's related to Musk going to Mars, and I just think that it's going to be fascinating to see what happens in the future. Uh, Mars is, uh, or Mars, Musk is also talking about bringing Dogecoin to Mars, which I think is interesting. If you guys aren't aware, of, he's uh, calling this next um, this next rocket ship that's going up in, I believe, 2022, uh, Doge One. So it's going to be the first cryptocurrency to go uh, into outer space. So he's starting this crypto revolution where um, he's bringing uh, cryptocurrency to another planet. So now we're going to have interplanetary um, uh, transactions. Good luck on taxing that, huh? So that'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just the fascinating thing about this whole Mars exploration is that there's so many different facets. Musk has multiple companies with which to accomplish this. And I think Musk is really underestimated by a lot of people. Every single one of his companies is easily translatable to Mars. You've got the Starlink program. Well, all of those satellites can transmit information towards Mars now and be received by Earth, right? So we've got thousands of, of satellites orbiting Earth uh, in the Starlink program. If you haven't seen them in the night sky, it's truly fantastic. Hopefully you get a chance to see them as they go one by one over your town. Uh, it, it's it's an amazing sight. I've seen it myself. Um, and uh, if if you haven't, maybe you can Google or YouTube it. It's just, it, it's it's like awe-inspiring. Um, he has the Neuralink program with which, you know, he, people are going to be able to control things with the thoughts of their mind. Um, so that's going to be directly translatable, right? Uh, he's got the boring company so that they can bore tunnels into Mars. And then, of course, he's got SpaceX with which they can get to Mars. And then they have Tesla, with which they can use electronic vehicles to transport around Mars. So literally, this guy almost has every company with which to make another civilization on another planet. The only thing he really needs is um, a company to terraform. And I might be missing something. Maybe he has one of those companies, or maybe he has interest in one of those companies. But that's all he needs. He needs a terraforming company. And that's it. 
and maybe he doesn't need one because maybe they've got one on you know on the books and partnershiped up where they can terraform this planet and have it ready to go. So I'll end it here. I think it's going to be something that's going to be fascinating. It's going to be interesting to watch. Um, it's going to be interesting to theorize on. Um, and really, you know, Musk is kind of our connection to outer space, not going through NASA, right? He is the only person with which we really have a public connection to. We can track his history. We can track what he's done. It's public knowledge, at least some of it. NASA is a closed book with disinformation for years and year and decades and decades and probably maybe even centuries into the future. But Musk hopefully will be kind of our portioned out piece piece of information if you will. Uh, I'm, even he probably won't give us 100% of information that he knows, but he'll give us more information than NASA will, I think. So nonetheless, guys, I hope you're taking care of your spiritual, physical, and emotional health, following through on your hobbies and goals and your dreams, and as always, continue to question the universe around you. Until next time, Lockdown Universe out.